0: Welcome back to another edition of Covered in Glory. And Brett, I am in a great stinking mood. Do you want to take one guess why? Is it Manchester United related? It is not, but I know that's why you're in a great mood, and I can't wait to get to that later in the show.
1: Yes. No, I have no idea. Why why are you in a great mood, Toby? Tell me.
0: It's because I prepared our rundown, and I did all of my notes, and I wrote out all of the odds, as I always do, and there is one team missing from this week's show, and it is Chelsea. For once, (laughs) I do not have to talk about those rat bastards who are the suckiest sucks who ever sucked, and I am in a joyous mood as a result that I will not have to dig into that crap hole for a few more days.
1: Yeah, I mean, this has turned into like a weekly Chelsea therapy session. But I also feel like you know you can we can go too far. We can drag up too much things in our therapy sessions. So it's nice to just you know kind of put the blinders on and just pretend it's not there. I do it with yeah. Ever- I do it with Everton every week. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's nice. I mean, sometimes you do need
0: to lie on the couch and put your feet up and talk to the therapist. But then you stand up and you realize there's a poop stain there from Chelsea <laughs> sitting there in the session before you. Uh, in this analogy is it me or meatballs i I, well it certainly ain't meatballs and so i'll let you do the math from there okay Uh, so uh in addition to not having to talk about chelsea this week brett i asked you earlier did you see this week's ted lasso which i thought was a fantastic episode
1: uh, I have been putting Ted Lasso a little bit on hold. I'm a binge watcher by, by trade. So I'm waiting for seasons to be fully done. Uh, plus I thought, and know it's probably like an unpopular opinion, kind of thought it went a little off the rails in season two. So I wasn't like as excited to get into this season, but I, as I can tell, there was clear, there's clearly reason to watch it and it's going to lead. It's going to prompt us to a fun little start to our show.
0: Well, there was an old bit on uh Saturday Night Live a really long time ago where they're playing this Jerry Seinfeld inspired standup game and uh, they have to guess punchlines of things. And Adam Sandler's punchline over and over again was, who were the ad wizards who came up with this one? And that's how I felt about season two of Ted Lasso. It's like... We we had season one in the middle of a global pandemic where everybody was losing their mind. Mental health was at an all time low. People were crawling up walls and going crazy. And here comes a show that's all positivity all the time that you have this character who's in unfamiliar waters. He's willing to, you know, test himself. And all he believes in is believe no matter what. And it's the most positive show on television. And then we get to season two and the writers and the creators like, yeah, I know that's what everybody responded to. But uh, how about he tries to kill himself instead? It's like, it's it's almost as if like the makers of M&Ms were like, hey, I know everybody loves the chocolate and the candy shell and it's been working for like 80 years, but how about it's M&Ms and M's this year? And this year we had meth. It's, we had a great thing, but now everybody's going to eat meth out of a candy shell.
1: Little, little bits of meth and candy shells. Yes.
0: <laughs> that is what season two was like. But season three has made a big comeback. And the last episode was uh, phenomenal. I really enjoyed myself watching it. I know it's too on brand, a little too on the no- nose for me to like a Ted Lasso episode. But here we are. And the premise was that uh, the team has a friendly in Amsterdam against Ajax. They get blown out. And the coach, in order to let them blow off some steam, gives a one night in Amsterdam to do whatever they want. No curfew, no chaperones, no nothing. You do whatever you want. So my question i texted you earlier is brett if you could take the world of soccer any personality anybody attached to it and have one night out in amsterdam with them who would you pick
1: well see toby this is more of like immediate names like rush to your head right you know and i couldn't go with your boy Frank part because he like allegedly had like a big drunken night where he was like exposing himself like you don't want to go there you don't want to bring in criminal charges you know i thought about like Jordan Pickford bringing him out there, hoping somebody makes fun of his alligator arms again. So he gets in another pub brawl. Like that would be kind of fun. You know, Zlatan could show us all like the set locations for his newest like reboot of the Taken series. Like, so I could go with Zlatan (laughs) to Amsterdam. But there's one guy, Toby, there's one guy and one story. And that guy, well, he lit off fireworks in his own bathroom, and he burned his house down to the tune of $400,000 worth of damage. Mario Balotelli is currently in Switzerland, but listen, man, if you can get to the point in a night where you're like, this night needs fireworks set off in my bathroom, I want to hang out with you in Amsterdam because it just feels like everything's on the table. Like, everything is is on the table that kind of night. This is
0: one of the dumbest picks you've ever made you opened your pick with i don't want to take frank lampard because i'm afraid of criminal charges and you end with freaking mario (laughs) balotelli of all the people in the history of the world to not end you in a netherlands prison that's all right there's
1: a difference between possible exposure charge exposure charges and like illegal fireworks those are like two different types of criminal activities i'm willing to get involved in
0: i i mean I think it's actually a really smart pick by you because if you hang out with Mario Balotelli and you get arrested and you end up in a Dutch prison, it would be a huge upgrade over your current apartment. I imagine a Dutch prison <laughs> with like its tulips and like its bright paints and its beautiful art has to be way better than what I have to look at every week in your background. Yeah, this is
1: the wonderful Southwest background that I'd ever do anything with. Yes, I agree.
0: <laughs> uh, so my, my list, uh, similar. I had to rule a couple of people out before I settled on uh, a final choice. Uh, my first my first selection was Arjen Robin because he's local. He's a legend. He obviously has all the best spots in the Netherlands. You, you just want into. free
1: drinks all night. That's what you want.
0: Well, I wouldn't say no to free drinks ever. <laughs> That's why I beat you in the five pine every month. Uh, oh burn. The, the the problem with Arjen Robin is like you're in Amsterdam, right? Like, you know, it's 420 today. There might be some substances involved and things like that. You might be enjoying yourself and you get distracted for one second. Like you look to your right or something at a bright light, and he's just gonna cut inside and he's gone. You're never seeing him again. <laughs> this the over. one second. The night's over. You're over. solo
1: the rest of the night. Yeah. You're by
0: yourself. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and Mac McEl- and Rob McElhaney, Mac from It's Always sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, this is like an obvious choice, right? Like, because if you're in Amsterdam and you're going through the substances, you don't want to talk about soccer all night. And these guys are living life. Hollywood. Yeah. Show creators, movie creators, and now riding Wrexham, one of the oldest clubs in the world, all the way up from, like, the English 5th Division, and their inevitable ride to the Premier League. They are playing Chelsea in North Carolina in America in July. That just got announced today. Freaking Wrexham. Wrexham on the way
1: America. up. They so might beat they Chelsea, like, too, at this point. They,
0: they very might Mount be. It's a scouting trip for Chelsea. We might sign their whole 11. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that would be super fun. That would be super entertaining. Didier Drogba. Or, I'm sorry. I just could, Didier Drogba. Didier Drogba. Just <laughs> and,
1: well, and Didier Drogba. Like, yeah, the of them can the come. three
0: of us would hang out. Yeah. Uh, just because he's my real answer to everything. Like <laughs> if I ever get a chance to hang out with him, I don't care what the setup is. That's the that's the way I'm going. Yeah. But uh, I'm going with um, a like plus 10,000 underdog. You would have never come up with this as my selection. Uh, my actual selection is Romelu Lukaku. And what? the reason I'm the reason I'm going with Romelu Lukaku is we get the substances in him, and I just need to pick his brain. Like, hopefully, it opens it up. Hopefully, it makes him honest. I need to figure out exactly what the hell is going on with this guy who's got the million dollar body and the ten cent head, and just uh, get him to be honest, get him to talk about it. Maybe we have, maybe we do have drug with there because that's supposed to be his idol. And then after that fails, I'm gonna eat the best meal of my life. Because if you look at that fat ass, I know I'm getting great food at the end of this thing. So that is what I'm going with. After he fails all the cognition stuff, we are going to have a meal, Brett. and it is going to be a night to remember.
1: Well, it's gonna be on him for all the pain and suffering of that you are in Chelsea, right? I'm assuming that's gonna be the uh, thing. you owe oh, you me this dinner, rom. three hundred and
0: twenty five thousand pounds a week yeah. is also is also his weight gain uh, trajectory. I don't know if anybody knew that.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, I, I like these because they're all like they're all by the book with like deep reasons in mine, I just either want people that are going to do crazy or are crazy. Like one of the other guys is like Ricardo Charesma. I mean, come on, like like that dude is weird as shit. I was like I, w- like, I thought about that. And I literally was like, man, if I had with Charesma in the Netherlands, like I would see some really like I, I was like, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Like I, I couldn't do that night because i like I would probably be uncomfortable because he's like the Nick Cage of soccer players. <laughs> so like, I, I, I didn't just know couldn't that. do that. I'd be like, dude, this is just real weird. This is making me awkward. Like Mattel would like throw out some weird ideas. I'm sure, but I could be like, ah, oh, like you know, around about way I can get around where you're going to that Mario. But like Chris might be like, dude, whoa, this is like too far pump the brakes buddy yeah you got to be careful with charisma in
0: amsterdam you might end up wearing his face just like in nick cage movies <laughs> Jeez. uh also you owe mikey meatballs a trip to amsterdam after all the beeps that you're making him put in Come oh on, yeah
1: yeah So Mikey, you just get to just put your finger on the button you should probably put that over <laughs> all my dialogue in this show anyways just beep everything and have everybody only listen to toby
0: yeah well you you might want to beep the entire rest of this episode uh, because we do not have a crackerjack of a slate. Although I think we do have two good matchups, Brett. I think we have a better slate to talk about than last week. But the FA Cup uh, robbed of us robbed us of a couple of tasty matchups and left us with Manchester City versus Sheffield United instead. But we're going to slog our way through. And as always, this is why they invented gambling, right? So we can make these things interesting.
1: Absolutely. As someone that texts you frequently during games between Wolves and Southampton about my bets. Absolutely. This is why they invented gambling.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, the first one is, is definitely the highlight of the week, at least in the premier league slate. We do have an awesome FA cup matchup that we will end the show with. Uh, But first we have an incredibly important contest in the terms of who's going to make the champions league next year. We have Newcastle fourth at 56 points versus Tottenham fifth at 53 points. This game is Sunday at 9 a.m. Newcastle is minus 119. Tottenham is plus 305. The draw is plus 270. Newcastle minus half a goal is minus 125. And our good friends at Caesars have the Spurs at minus 105 to even get a point. So, Brett, uh, Newcastle had won five straight before getting smashed 3-0 by Ashton Villa last week. And by the way, Ashton Villa is a team yeah. we aren't going to be able to ignore very much longer. Like, we're going to have to actually start talking about them since they're <laughs> the second hottest team in the world, it seems like, after City. Um, I obviously wish Newcastle were coming off a better performance, but they are still at home against a Spurs team that continues to unimpress every single week, and they lost in hilarious fashion hilarious fashion to Bournemouth after equalizing the 88th minute, watching when Charleston blow a clear match winner of the fourth uh, minute of extra time. And then one minute later, giving up a goal at the death to freaking Bournemouth to drop points and put themselves way behind the eight ball in the, uh, in the race for champions league. So that is a five
1: star match for me, for sure. I couldn't have enjoyed it more. Well, and I mean the foreshadowing on my end of Dango on chain, baby, he came through. I bring him up and scores first goal. Love it. So, yeah. and it's always nice when it happens to Spurs and makes us look smart.
0: <clears throat> always happens. So Spurs only have two wins uh, against teams in the first half of the table this calendar year this since January good. one, and that makes City like that. That time they beat City, it just looks weirder and weirder and weirder. The more times we watch them play, they still don't have a manager. And it's not like they have a recent history of rising up for big games like Liverpool does. They were knocked out meekly by the Champions League, in the Champions League by Milan. They got knocked out of the FA Cup to freaking Sheffield, which is why we have a crap matchup there this week. And come on, we all know what I'm doing here. Fade Spurs. (laughs) Newcastle for the win, minus 119.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of with you. You you hit it right on the head when you were kind of going through your opening, too. Is like, I wish Newcastle was playing better because the last two matchups with Newcastle against Brentford and Aston Villa have been rough. Like, they've been outcreated. It's been pretty much their standard starting 11 for the most part, um, which makes you kind of raise an eyebrow and say, well, what's going on? Um, especially because one of the things that we have kind of talked about with Newcastle is like, you look at that roster. We love Bruno Gamerish. She's a favorite of the pod. Um, you know, they got some solid players like Sven Botman. Um, Isaac's been pretty good at coming over, but like most of that team like was either overperforming or like, aren't guys like Sean Longstaff isn't a guy that you and I have long dialogues about on this show um, who is playing a lot of minutes for them. So I'm kind of like half wondering, is this the start of a slide? But I think if you break down the two rough games, one, in the Brentford match, they gave up a penalty. Uh, penalties are always going to inflate single game XG. And then the other one was to Aston Villa, which is the second best team in the world behind Manchester City right now. So, like, this is, like, when you take those two things, um, and that's also, I just want to make sure that is clear sarcasm about Aston Villa. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, no, Villa's been been on fire. I don't know what's going on over there at Villa Park. There's some crazy stuff. Unai Emery is on on, on one right now. Um, but if you, I guess if you're going to take those two, you know, the rest of the results they've had recently have been pretty good. So it looks more almost like a two game blip of running into a buzzsaw, you know, having a big chance created by giving up a penalty. Um, so nothing basically turned me away from, from our fade Spurs dogma here. Um, so I, I took Newcastle money line, uh, then, but the one thing I did, I did want to take is, you know, Newcastle was kind of getting by actually being pretty, pretty airtight defensively. Um, and that hasn't been the case in the last few matches, especially when they got trucked by Villa 3-0. Um, so the both teams to score lines kind of stood out to me. And so the Newcastle win and, and both teams to score uh, was plus 275. Yep, 7. Um, this, it's either a seven or a one. Um, my handwriting's fantastic. Uh, yeah, so another, I, I... Another professional shift from you, you Brad. No, hey, I got I got Dango's lame night name last week. I'm, I'm hanging my hat on those things. Um, <laughs> no, but that that line actually looked pretty good to me. Uh, I do think that they are going to be goals in this match. Uh, Spurs obviously inspires zero confidence on either end of the pitch. And with Newcastle looking a little shakier defensively, um, it's very easy to see that range of Spurs goals being between, between one and two, even in this match. Um, and, and the other thing that we got to factor in as well with these th- these games is I'd be a lot more worried about Scur- Spurs scoring a goal if they're playing a team that really wants to get on the front foot. That's really going to dominate possession. You know, your Manchester Cities, uh your Liverpool's when they're on, et cetera. And Newcastle are another weird team that's at the top of the table that like doesn't really want the ball. They don't press all that aggressively. Um, so I think there's going to be like a relatively decent split in possession, which means Harry Kane's going to probably be a lot more involved than if he just sat back trying to <laughs> press the center backs as they're in his own half of the pitch. Um, yep. So that's part of the reason why I like that both teams score line. Yeah,
0: I like that one quite a bit. I love that you comboed it with Newcastle to win. So uh, to get up to that plus two, two, two x five, whatever it is, a one or a seven. It's a a seven
1: now that I look at it closer. All
0: right, there you go. Get the glasses, old man.
1: Yeah, Um, I definitely need those.
0: So uh, I went a little more conservative, but I I like your bet quite a bit, and that's the one I'd probably even play over mine, which is just the over on the goals. Uh, Over two and a half goals is minus one twenty. Pretty pretty closely. And it's a lot of the same reasoning. I think there's goals in this match. Son looked a a little livelier last week than he has in the previous month. And Kane is still Kane. He's having an excellent season. It's just been obscured by a giant Norwegian shadow. So he's not getting the love that he normally gets. But he's got 23 goals in 31 matches, which is an outstanding total, even for a guy with his goal-scoring record. Um, Meanwhile, five of the last six Newcastle matches have gone over. This number over the two and a half. So I don't see any reason to think that trend's not going to continue. And I actually expected to pay a little more juice here. I thought this was going to be like a minus one forty or minus one fifty number. So I'm happy with the minus one twenty for just to get at least three goals.
1: Yeah. No, I that was the actually, you know, one of the first things I looked at. So same page, man. We're we're boring to start off, but we'll we'll get we'll get contentious later.
0: Yeah, for good agree on everything this show going to need us to continue to talk about who we want to do drugs with so i don't know we might have to make something up here so we don't have to go down that dark path uh okay well i'm not sure sponsors will be happy with that segue but it is yes. time for a quick perfect. break perfect
1: Must be 21-plus plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Okay, we are back, and let's do our other two Premier League games of the week before we take another break and hit the FA Cup. We've got Arsenal, first at 74 points, versus Southampton, 20th at 23 points. Friday at 3 p.m. That is tomorrow. Well, by the time you're listening to this, it might even be today. Uh, Arsenal is minus 580. Southampton is plus 1300. The draw is plus 625. Arsenal minus two and a half is plus 135. Southampton minus 175 on that giant three goal line. So Brett, you've said frequently uh, in the last couple of weeks that you don't think Southampton is the 20th best team in the league despite finding themselves in that position. But the bookmakers are certainly treated them that way, adjusting the line all the way up to minus two and a half. Against an Arsenal team that is showing cracks in the title race uh, since last week, when I said that Arsenal had a better number that City shouldn't be such an overwhelming favorite, they dropped two points and now they're even more of an overwhelming favorite despite still being behind. The Saka missed penalty might end up being the Jerusalem slip moment of this year as he Dang. failed to put, as he failed to put away West Ham last week and it led to them dropping two points they could not afford to drop. You can't twist your ankle when the Terminator is chasing you, and that's what City represents. In fact, I thought they were lucky, Brett. I don't know how you felt about it. I thought they were lucky to even get one. Like Antonio blew a golden chance to win the match in the 81st minute on a free header from like five yards out at the far post. So I thought that they could have dropped three instead of two. I obviously think Arsenal, I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
1: I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's been, I mean, we, cause we went into last week too. And I mean, obviously I I was more (laughs) driving this truck, but the, the West Ham uh, form up to this match was not good I mean the the out being outshot by Genk in the uh, Europa Conference League and then coming in and the fact that they were like toe-to-toe with Arsenal it's super concerning even if it was a, a road match for Arsenal like eh, I don't know what's going on here Toby cracks in the foundation maybe maybe there's a whole fissure and they're about to get sucked into the, the abyss
0: yeah I know it, it's so late in the season and they've They've run such an incredible race to watch them stub their toe at the end is kind of tough to watch, especially if you're an Arsenal fan. Um, In this particular matchup, I think, I obviously think Arsenal's going to win. I mean, I don't, I'm not crazy enough to play a Southampton draw or win. Maybe you are and kudos Money line Moneyline it, Toby. Let the, uh, let the force <laughs> flow through you. But Southampton, they've only lost by three, I think twice in the last 25 matches was uh, what my research turned up. And one of those was the city. They even drew Arsenal in the reverse fixture, I believe one to one. So it's it's not a sexy number, but given my menu of options here, I think Southampton can avoid getting embarrassed. So I'm going to take them, adjusted on the plus two and a half, even though I have to lay minus one seventy five to get it.
1: Yeah, well, again, we're we're boring. Uh, that's exactly where I landed, and you know, it comes back to the same thing with Southampton. You know, they're they're getting results that are or they're playing these matches and they're creating up chances to get competitive results against a lot of these teams and their big leak has just been they've been playing a goalkeeper that jumped way too high a level that's been conceding a ton of shots above expectation that's something that either that could have that could normalize at some point um and also just be a game to game blip in terms of you know he he just gets hot one game right um so, like, there there's a lot to think here that Spurs are going to keep this competitive. Obviously, one, like, minus 175 never looks good to take that bet. But Except to Harry. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. well that's why Harry's, Harry's record is impeachable because of that. So, or I'm impeachable because of that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the fact that it, it's paired with that plus two and a half number, like, you... I don't know if you can go anywhere else. Like, this team, it, it would take a... It would be on the very, very, very... Very far end of the range of outcomes for this team to lose by three goals, given what's been going on with Arsenal at this point, you know? Because yeah. both both of the matches though that Arsenal struggled with, like that, that is the one thing that maybe you could look at and be a little more nervous. They were both away, they were at Anfield. Um, they're in <laughs> they're playing uh West Ham on the road. So, like those things are are something that maybe could you could use and say, Oh, well, they're still the same dominant team, those are road matches you know, a penalty was involved too in the West Ham match as well. Uh, But I'm kind of just along the lines here of like, there might be something going on with Arsenal and we might start seeing this slide, seeing them slide away. And this kind of being like, not the super exciting down to the wire title race that we were hoping for.
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, it's so much of it's going to pivot on that head to head with city, right? Like if they manage to get a draw out of that city matchup, Uh, Then we could go down to the wire, but if city take control of their own destiny, uh, then I think, you know, we might not be sitting on the edge of our seat in the end of May when the title's decided. Uh, For my prop this week, and similar to thinking Southampton can keep it close, there's another weird stat I uncovered when I was doing my research. Uh, My prop is going to be time of first goal, 31st minute and over. So, no goal in the first 30 minutes would be another way to think about this, is plus 115. Because Southampton, even though they're 20th of the table, they actually start games exceptionally well. In the last 12, they've only conceded in the first 30 minutes once. And not even City could find the net in the first 30 uh, against them, despite ending with four in the match. Same with the Spurs. The Spurs ended up with three in the match and that 3 3 banger, but none of them in the first 30 minutes. So I know Arsenal have been coming out hot early recently, uh, but I think that's why you're getting a plus number here. And I think that them helping you get a better number while Southampton kind of slows the game down and frustrates opponents early makes this worth playing. So I think plus 115, I think Arsenal wins, but I don't think they break through in the first 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, this is actually going to be our first fork in the road. Um, I I actually was looking at this as I think there, I mean, I'm I'm never <laughs> never super excited about on Southampton to score goals. It's not like, you know, Che Adams like gets me like super pumped up. Um, but you know, the the Arsenal win in both the score was plus one eighty. Um, and and just looking at their recent run of expected goals against uh, pretty much since you know kind of the January time frame there's been some pretty high numbers of chances given up by Arsenal here. And then in the last two matches, and again, penalties kind of are baked into this number, but in the last two matches, they've given up almost six, uh, six goals worth of chances. Um, and I, again, betting on Shay Adams and company, Adam Armstrong, you know, a wash, a lot the uh, steel Walcott count as wash. Like what's the next step past wash. Um, but like those are not inspiring names (laughs) to be like, yes, they're going to get me a goal, but there's just something about Arsenal being a little bit leaky on the back. This, this recent run of giving up a ton of chances, you know, maybe it's a fatigue thing with Europa league. I don't know. They're wearing out, but, Plus 180 for an Arsenal win in both the score. It just screamed like it was a really good number. I, I thought it would be like a plus 120 kind of thing with their recent run. And so I, you're getting a little bit of juice for that. And I, I just liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I think if you walk into a London like haberdashery and ask them for a pair of pants uh, named after Theo Walcott, they would just bring you ash and wash jeans. They would just bring you patchy, <laughs> ash and wash jeans that's, that are worn so out and should is, have been thrown away
1: instead of sold. So that is the next step past just regular washed is yeah. patchy, ash and wash jeans. All right, yeah, those are the, so the walkouts.
0: So I, I don't, I don't think that's a fork in the road, though, pal. All I'm saying is, there's no goal in the first 30 minutes. There could be a hundred goals after that. In Arsenal. All right, okay. So both of our bets can win. That's true. Very uh, true. All right, another one that is a similar setup is Liverpool, eighth at 47 points versus Nottingham Forest, 18th at 27 points. This game is Saturday at 10 a.m. Liverpool is minus 625. Forest is plus 1,500. The draw is plus 625. Liverpool minus 2.5, there's that big number again, is plus 127. Forest is minus 165. Uh, So Brett, I do not feel the same way in this game as I felt about Southampton. Forest seems much more prone to blowouts and Liverpool seems much more prone to generating big scorelines as they chase the ghost of their past form. At least last week, they caught that ghost and it looked exactly like the team that have won so many titles recently. Pressing and counterattacking leads into like raw submission. Now, of course, they aren't that team anymore and they could be that team in one given week. um, But... I also think they could completely crap the bet at any time. So you yeah. know I think <laughs> I th- I think what we're seeing with Liverpool more than anything else from a gambling perspective, and this is just how I'm gonna play them the rest of the year, is you just have to look at play the extremes on them. So I would either go pool minus two and a half at plus one twenty seven to win in a route. I would even look at adjusting it up to three and a half at like some sort of crazy uh crazy score line, or play fours to get a shock result their double chances 370. Like, I don't think there's, like, values in money lines or value in one-goal games. Play Liverpool to blow people out or Liverpool to, uh, to not get blown out, but to drop points in games they absolutely should have won. So, yeah, if everything is somewhat equally possible in the chain of Liverpool events, push out to the edge to find value. For this week, I loved what I saw from them so much last week that like counterattacking, they even had Curtis Jones like make a TAA pass to uh, free a goal. TAA was making TAA passes. Like they just looked awesome in that game. So I'm willing to trust them for this week to blow an abysmal Forest team off of the pitch and I'll take them minus two at 127.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just leaning right into recency bias here. (laughs) Um, I mean, they've been really good the last two matches. I think the Leeds match was the one I would have been worried about because they've had that really weird, like, home road split this year, which, again, is typically, like, not a thing. Um, But Liverpool's has been so extreme, like, it started to look like a thing. Uh, But then they went into Leeds, and and they just absolutely blew them off the pitch. Like, it wasn't, that game wasn't close from at any point in the match. Now, granted, Leeds are still reeling from firing up or Jesse, which, you know, they get what they deserve, reaping what you sell.
0: Um, I will say, I wasn't nervous for one minute there watching that match because you bet last week for Liverpool to win from behind. And Rodrigo had an amazing opportunity to put them up 1-0 that he yeah. should have converted. And then hey, they piled yeah. six goals on past of that. So you are one Rodrigo mistake away from cashing a plus 600 and leading the five-point.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, again, and part of the reason I I took that route was I was like, you know, this maybe this away split thing is a just a trend, and you're going to get some good value off it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's Curtis Jones. I don't know if it's you know the fact that they're out of these other competitions, and so they just have to worry about the Premier League. Um, you know, they're getting some midfielders back. Like Jones is back. Thiago's back. Hendo's been kind of turning back the clock. <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, I I think I'm going to buy this, this rise in their stock. I'm going to just go with it. Um, and partially because I think forest is the worst team in the league. We talk about how Southampton are sitting there. Um, Bournemouth may have worse numbers. Everton are right out around that level, but Everton were managed by Frank Lampard for a long time this year and Bournemouth this is a strong word. <laughs> yes. Man- Everton employed Frank Lampard for yeah, a while. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is we talked about this last week with Bournemouth. They've been better. Like they, Bournemouth is improving, even though they're getting some lucky results that you can do both. They've been improving and they've been getting lucky. Um, Forest has just been getting worse. And they're, and they're just, there's no town on that roster. It's kind of a bunch of like randomly collected guys from different spots of teams that used to be kind of good in Europe. Um, and I just think they're really bad. and they're And they're really bad defensively. And they're really weak in attack, which is like, Probably the worst combination that you could have going to Liverpool where their Liverpool's defending is a little shaky um, and their attack will absolutely slice up a weak defense for like seven goals. Um, So I definitely went with I love your point about the taking the extremes of Liverpool and I kind of went that route in the way that I'm taking the minus two and a half. And then I'm also going to take the over of three and a half goals at plus one ten because the Liverpool can get that over by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the fact that you're getting plus one ten when Liverpool's range is somewhere in that three to six, probably this match is a great line.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that quite a bit. I like that line of thinking, I like that bet, I like that number. Um, In terms of Liverpool piling it on and and winning this match by three or more goals, I think another way you could get some good value is pool to win both halves as 130. So if you think they're going to pile it on, you think they can cover three and a half by themselves. We think forest is as dreadful as they are. You might as well double down. And unlike Southampton, like Forest just gives up goals all the time. They conceded first half goals in seven of the last ten games. And Pool showed last week they have no problem kind of like dogpiling onto a lead late. So I really like my chances here, and I like that I'm getting a plus number for uh, for this bet.
1: Yeah, and let's keep in mind like there are only eight, well, seven eight matches left for some of these teams. Um, But Liverpool like isn't completely dead for the Champions League. It would take a lot of help for them to get there but like there is a path for them to win. So like they are going to worry about goal differential and they're going to worry about absolutely trying to throttle these opponents to try to win out. So like there's incentive for them to play. Like this isn't, this isn't like a Chelsea scenario with them. There is still incentive for Liverpool to make a run and maybe get lucky if Newcastle falls apart, which they're kind of starting to do if Spurs continue to back up. So like, There's a lot of motivation behind Liverpool, which is part of the reason why I want to buy into the what what's going on with them right now. Yeah,
0: so listening to the show and us opening with uh, Ted Lasso, then Lampard coming up and his managing um stuff we we're discussing uh, <laughs> we i know i know we podcast, have but... uh, i know we have a ton of uh tv executives listening to us so uh, i just i just came up with a pitch while we were talking while i was listening to this we do a reverse ted lasso right we send frank <laughs> lampard to america to coach football and it's a guy fish out of water really positive <laughs> just all vibes. He's just like, go get it for the club guys. It's the Chelsea way, uh, whatever he's coaching. Let's make him coach the commanders. Let's just make this all about me. Um, <laughs> And then that's that's the idea. You think he's coming over to coach American football and he's just a completely fish out of water. But then the big twist is it's actually an MLS team and he still doesn't know how to coach. He still doesn't know tactics. He still doesn't know the rules. He still doesn't know anything <laughs> whatsoever about the game. And that would be very on brand
1: for what I'm watching out of Mr. Lampard right now. Yeah, I mean, I I've talked about this with you before, but I do feel like there's a market for Frank's services. And if any team in any sport is just looking to tank, like, isn't he the no brainer hire at this point? Like, if yeah. you're an NBA team, like, really like Houston Rockets next year and you're looking for a head coach, like, dude, just hire Frank Lampard. Guaranteed. No, you're- Guaranteed so, so he, you are getting the best odds for the first pick.
0: You're not thinking about this correctly, okay? Let me tell you what you actually do, and then we're going to go to break because I promised I wasn't going to talk about Chelsea this much. Last week, you said that Brighton was like your hero because it was a gambler who won enough money in order to uh, take over the team, right? Yeah. So I, I have no idea how you actually pull this off, but you get a team that, I don't know, that's uh, Aston Villa or someone like that, and you look up their odds to be relegated. Like somebody who's like a top four contender that you look at their relegation odds, you somehow convince them to hire Frank Lampard as the manager, and then you lay so much money on them to get relegated that you could buy the team at the end of the season after he leads them all the way down the table and drops them like seventeen positions. Like if you if you told me Bowley's strategy right now, his like his ROI strategy was buy the team for five billion dollars. Gamble five billion dollars that they won't get relegated in the next two years at plus one thousand, and then like become a trillionaire by hiring Frank Lampard. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say you must have been in Amsterdam with Balotelli. Like this all makes sense right now.
1: Yeah, I mean Frank clearly has some very useful purposes to people. So I mean he he will not remain unemployed for long. His useful services are all in
0: the midfield all 10 years ago and giving me very warm memories of that time on the pitch. And I need to somehow make that all I ever remember of Frank Lampard.
1: Compartmentalization, Toby. Compartmentalization.
0: I'm going to work on that compartmentalization during this break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza.
1: Why? It's simple.
0: Okay, we are back. We are done with the Premier League because we have the FA Cup semifinals this weekend. Brett and two of the big six are participating. The first one is Man City versus Sheffield United. This game is Saturday at 11.45 a.m. Caesars has Man City at minus 900. Sheffield United at plus 1750. The draw is plus 700. And our usual reminder in a knockout tournament, those lines we just gave are 90-minute lines. That's why the draw is still in there. If you want to take the 90 minutes out of it, just to qualify, City is minus 2500. Sheffield is uh, plus 900. If you want to play the adjusted line, City minus two and a half is plus 105. Sheffield United is minus 135. So, Brett, over the last two weeks, Manchester City just completely annihilated the second best team in the world in the Champions League by taking out Bayern Munich in games that weren't even that close and is now on the verge of a treble with the FA Cup, the Champions League and the Premier League while Sheffield was losing to Burnley. Uh, There is not a single Sheffield line in the world I would take here, dude. Like, There's just no line that I would actually bet on (laughs) Sheffield against City. So from the moment this match kicks off, there's only two questions, which is exactly how many goals is City going to score, and will they switch off once they score all those goals and concede in the second half yet again? This will be their fifth FA Cup game, and the only one where they didn't cover a three-goal line was against Arsenal. So of course I'm backing here to do it again. I'm taking the plus one, uh, one and I look forward to continuing to bet city to destroy Sheffield when they are promoted next year and we get to play them twice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same way as you. So we actually, the thing about this match as well is like, we actually have like some pretty good context. Um, usually when you go down a division, it's like hard to tell, like, how bad is this team and kind of do they actually have a chance? Um but uh, City absolutely smoked Burnley, um, who is slightly better than Sheffield, uh, and, and that's in the underlying numbers here. So Burnley obviously have 10 extra points in the, in the league, but both those teams are going to probably automatically qualify for the championship. We're, we're going to see them next year in the Premier League, most likely. There's a good bet. We're going to see both of them. Um, and and city just absolutely trounced the better version of the two teams. <laughs> so there's just, there's nothing to me. The only thing that worries me about this match is that pep has seemed to understand. And there's been some articles coming out about how they're going to manage, manage how on. Um, and I mean, part of the, the, the glory of pep is that he just makes the machine continue to work no matter who's in the starting 11. Um, but I am worried about like, they get up, you know, this line's minus two and a half. They're up three. pep mass subs Sheffield. Next one, that backdoor cover that way. Right. That's the yeah. only thing, literally the only thing that would give me any reservation about taking that minus two and a half spread. Um, I, I can't believe that I I'm doing this given how much I, I rain on Ederson's parade. Um, but the other, all the only other line that looked appealing because this thing was going to be, you know, if you're betting lopsided lines, is the shitty the city clean? sheet went win. And I mean, that once they went to this weird back three or whatever you want to call it, three, two, five, one, whatever it is, um, they they basically uh, have been absolutely tremendous defensively. Like Byron came into that match, needing goals to beat them. Byron is the second best club in the world, both like looking at it subjectively, five thirty eight rankings, whatever. They came into a match needing goals and City shut them down. And so to to tell me that Sheffield United has a chance to score (laughs) after seeing something like that, when Pep is also clearly trying to win this, like he is trying to win across all competitions on the way out. That minus 19 number still seems low in that context. Like if Byron can't score, what hope does Sheffield have?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be jealous of my bet. Because it takes away that Ederson and that that late goal, uh, that worry that that both of us have. City to score twice in the first half, baby. City to score twice in the first half is plus one thirty. Take the second half out of this entirely, take the concession out, take any of those sorts of things. You're that getting a, a plus for the city juggernaut to net twice against Sheffield United in the first 45 when they are clearly out for blood. And like one reason I'm not worried about like Holland is like they're Marez hit the best shot of the match against Leicester. That thing was absolutely gorgeous. That curlery hit off of the bar. Realish is dominating. um, Suddenly that $100 million doesn't look as bad as it looked last year. He looks incredible all over the place. But more importantly, we've talked about like Harry Kane's skill set going really well, that he's like going to be able to move farther back the pitch. And that's happened to other people. uh, Andre Perlow, some other ones that have just aged really gracefully and started out more attacking and then became more like a, a playmaker in the midfield. I think for the first time ever, we're seeing a player uh, age up the field because John Stones might be playing striker for City or Chelsea like <laughs> yeah, two years from now. Like, yeah. He started as a center back, moved up to the side, then became a holding mid. But all of a sudden, he's popping up in the box and hitting like one-time screamers U90 to yeah. beat goalkeepers. I mean, like
1: what is going on with this guy? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's amazing. Because uh, the other thing too, that's kind of gone uh, under the radar, I think with this team, Is the Stones thing is obviously going to get a ton of attention because he took a center back and basically moved him up into a holding midfielder spot and then kind of wrapped this formation around him. But like there was so much hand wringing about Jack Grealish. Grealish has now synthesized into this side and we are seeing like he's not scoring goals. Like that's that's never it was never going to be his thing. Like he never he was not that type of player. He was not a 25 goal per season guy, but his ability. To draw fouls, to carry into the box, to set up chances is now complementing De Bruyne in that free eight role that De Bruyne has, and it's like you have two like max level creators now on like both sides of the pitch. De Bruyne floating out on the right side, Grealish thinking out wide left, picking up the ball and then creating chances. Like it is, it, I, you know, <laughs> I, I felt I, I felt like oh man, you know, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to be ahead of the curve. Like. Pep's losing it. He's selling Cancelo like weird. Rico Lewis is playing all of a sudden. Like Pep's losing his mind. And then we just have another machine on our hands. And they might win the treble. Like, dude, it's just crazy. John Stones is like the second best six in the league. And Jack Grealish is perfectly fine. You know, I mean, he was fine, but. Yeah, he actually
0: it's, is the second best six in the league. I started laughing because it struck me as so true when you said it, and so ridiculous if you had <laughs> said that in August.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's just wild. Like it's it's just a testament again. Like Pep is the mad genius. Never question him. They're gonna figure it out. It's it's such a it's such a fun thing. Like this isn't gonna be gambling related at all. But it's such a fun thing. Like we've done this show, uh, you know, for two two years basically two seasons now. So we've, we've missed one of the evolutions from Pep, but it is so amazing that he goes from the machine built around Fernandinho's tactical following. Then in our first year of this show, we talked a ton about Kyle Walker, the counterstopper. Then Kyle Walker has been like a non-factor for them this season. And here's this new thing, just playing three center backs, moving John stones in the midfield, playing attackers in front of those guys. And then boom title yeah it's it's nuts dude it's just another reinvention that's just absolutely crazy i wish i was that good at organizing anything in my life
0: (laughs) yeah i mean aesthetically speaking uh i'd say i I don't know like i don't want to like throw out crazy numbers and then have to regret them later but let's say two of the five most aesthetically pleasing sides to watch uh in the last decade Were this year's Man City team. Now they have Holland unlocking so much stuff, and like obviously those Barca teams with Neymar and um, yeah,
1: those um, Barcelona
0: pre Neymar actually like the Messi, the Yavi, like Iniesta, like those teams. And Pep was the guy behind both of them. Like it's it's unusual as a fan of an opposing team to still feel privileged just to watch the art form kind of get elevated and mastered. And that's what city is doing right now. Just wiping Byron completely off of the pitch. They look like nobody can touch them. He's now unlocked something with the stones thing. And it's, it's, it's a joy to watch. It's a privilege to watch. And, uh, of all the teams you know we've watched in the last ten or twenty years, I know there's Napoli fanboys, and I know there's other teams that are super cool to watch. But I'm talking like the actual mastery of the game of soccer. I like think this year's City team and those Barker teams would be in a short handful at the top of the list.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't agree completely I, or any more than that. I mean, and just and again, the degree of difficulty too with you know integrating a player like Grealish in terms of. He kind of has one specific role that left sided inverted winger, you know, finding a way to like stay solidified defensively without basically cutting off your knees at the attack. And then remember, like, you know, we're we're full on into the Holland crushing everything in his path. There were really big questions about how he was going to fit in the, in the peps, you know, possession based style. And the dude yeah. is is just like yeah I'm just gonna turn him into a record breaking goal scorer <laughs> like yeah. Uh, yeah dude I like I said we can do a whole podcast on this uh, I just it, it is a, a weird fanboy like pep appreciation moment that we're having right now well but it's look, fun. like he's earned they, it yeah, he's earned he's, it by 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 taking Byron completely
0: off of the board when Byron's the second best team in the yeah. world like what how is she supposed to react yeah
1: and, and any and, other reaction I mean, you're just a hater right and, and this podcast is gonna age so well when Madrid do some crazy. And win and advance. Well, But that's not, that's the part of the joy of soccer, right? Yeah, like it expresses right, yeah. joy
0: and pain at random. Um, yeah. I'm rooting actively against City winning the treble. I would like them to lose all three events because it's more fun when it feels unpredictable because they feel like the most predictable thing in the world right now, that nobody could stay on the pitch with them and they're going to win every competition they ever enter forever. And I, I I'm rooting against them, but at the same time, I can't say that I don't enjoy watching them because it's so freaking incredible to watch
1: and, and you know what i enjoy though is the mental image of you and your oliver mcburney sheffield kit just cheering cheering at yes. the city this and this match that's oh what i look forward God. to hashtag McBurney. go scotland hashtag <laughs> go scotland.
0: <laughs> you've got a lot of mctominay scotland love from you recently what's going on pal
1: I mean, how can you not love Scott McTominay except for all the things he does on the pitch?
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about how you're about to take them over the uh, the apple of your
1: eye. Never. Brighton. Never. Brighton. Brighton. Never turn it Brighton. on you, Brighton. Brighton. <laughs> Brighton Never versus turn Manchester you, Brighton.
0: United. Brighton versus Manchester United. This is the game we're ending with. This is the, with the other highlight of the weekend. It is Sunday at 1130 a.m. Brighton is plus 140. The draw is plus 250 um united is plus 170 to qualify brighton is minus 125 united is minus 110 our friends at caesar's have brighton minus half a goal at plus 130 united plus 160 and our friends at espn are the ones actually broadcasting this match so turn into espn plus on sunday morning because you are going to see an absolute cracker of a match right from wembley in the oldest competition there is in the sport uh, so looking at the odds, Brett, you had to be absolutely licking your lips despite your McTominay love when you saw the plus sign next to the oh, Brighton yeah. side here. You had, to, I knew you were going to be over the moon. Uh, I must admit, I was shocked they were favored because Manchester United is such a public team, but it's no less than they deserve. It's great to see that the math uh, checks out here. I think if United was full strength, we might be kind of at a coin flip, but without their center backs and Rashford, I'm, I'm giddy, I'm giddy to get a plus number for Brighton in this match. Harry Maguire was one of the best players for Sevilla today as United got ousted from the Europa League, and I think there's going to be no... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I going to I just, no. can you say that again can you just say that a lot you know they got ousted by Sevilla in the yeah, Europa League oh that's right and, okay
0: and I think they're going to be out of knockout competitions after this weekend because Brighton's going to take care of business on Sunday um so Brighton's exceptionally entertaining and there's no doubt about that every game they're playing right now is a, a thrill fest and I think this will be another really open match, given United's injuries. I think this is going to be a game where both teams end up trying to play on the front foot at Wembley. So load me up on the plus one forty here. Although I will not blame you at all if you take the minus one twenty five Brighton just to qualify, because I also wouldn't be upset if we got an extra thirty minutes of entertainment.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm right there with you, and I'm. If this this shouldn't be like a controversial thing to say. I would have loved to have said it after. United beat Barcelona in the Europa League. Um, but Brighton in every way, shape or form is the, is the better football club. Like the, it, there's just, it's inarguable. If you want regular gold differential, fine. Brighton's plus 17 and 29 matches is uh, United is uh, plus nine and 30. If you want XG, it's like an even bigger gap plus 3.5 and plus uh, uh 0.70 XG difference per 90 between the two teams. Like Brighton, I think has, a better, more well-rounded side. Obviously the injuries to center backs have, have hurt. Um, although man, that's a whole other podcast. I would probably still take Brighton's healthy center backs over United's. Um, So I, I just think that they're a better team and you're getting a plus number for uh, not only if these teams are at full strength, what I think Brighton should be favored, but a reeling really United team and you're getting plus money for Brighton. Like that's just too good to be true, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think along with that bet and along with my Brighton love, you know, I'm going to take you. So, you know, I'm gracious enough to be employed by you, Toby. So I'm going to take some of the money that you get me and I'm going to buy you a ticket. And that ticket, Ooh. that ticket is going to be to the, on, on the Evan Ferguson train. We're going to ride that train. You and I are going to ride that train oh together. God. All right. The Irish how on you and I were on that train. We're on it. We're the we're the, we're, you know, we're on there. We got some Irish people on it. They're on it with us already. So we're not like in first class, but we got to take it on that train. He's plus 188 as the anytime goal scorer. He's been really, really good uh with his underlying numbers. He's got that physical skill set that lends you to believe that this is going to be a thing, that he is going to be a player, that this is not just a flash in the pan. Um and again, you mentioned who's starting for United. <laughs> so like you're taking Ferguson should probably get this start for, for Brighton. Um, he's been putting up great numbers. I, I plus 188. If you're betting on goals from Brighton, like that kid's going to be involved and, and you're going to be on the train now. And then no cost to you. This is on me. This is my thank you for allowing me to be a part of the show. I'm, I'm buying that ticket on, on the Ferguson train.
0: I was so excited until you told me what it was training was for. Like it might as well be the Hogwarts express. Like it sounds cool. It sounds magical. And then you realize it's just imaginary and you're never going to get the money into your pocket. Uh, if you actually want to buy a ticket because you want to show some appreciation to me, then please take it on my bet, Brett, because I am treating myself on a Sunday morning after a hard week uh, at a game that I'm really excited about on ESPN Plus, And I am taking Corner bet. Yeah, baby. I'm back again. After hitting my last three, I am going corner bet. And I am not going on the total, Brett. I am going one side corner bet here. Brighton over six and a half corners is plus 158. 158 for the high-flying Seagulls. They have averaged eight corners a game I in the last seagulls. five matches. And they have been pouring on the pressure. Meanwhile, United can see corners at a similar rate to a relegation contender, and I expect it to be even worse with their backup back two scrambling to defend against this high-flying Brighton attack. So it's a lot of corners to lay for one team, but honestly, it feels like a coin flip to me. Like, I think I'm winning this 50% of the time. So to get plus 158 for it to come up heads this time, I am in love. Give me that ticket instead of your Ferguson nonsense.
1: Oh, don't call it nonsense. Don't call it nonsense. You are going to be so happy that we're riding that train together before it becomes sold out. Do not call it nonsense. But I do love your bet. United, as we've talked about, uh, I actually was looking at lines like that because United sneakily give up a ton of corners for a team that's uh, in the top half of the table uh, and, and one of the big six. So I, I love that bet. I mean, any bet that has United with corners, I think go for it. I I am in love with it. I I adjusted it up five and a half corners. I think it was
0: like minus 120, but give me the extra corner, one extra corner to climb all the way to plus 158. We're doing it,
1: Brett. We are doing it. I hope everybody appreciates this, that we are so dedicated that you are here adjusting corner lines up to find value. Oh man. Most professional podcasts in America. Don't even listen to anything else. (laughs) I get to take Brighton and all their creativity and
0: all their energy and all their fergaliciousness. And then I also get Harry Maguire to like be scrambling around and his head falling down, like he's one of the Easter Island uh statues, and just trying to kick the ball to the side oh, and maybe kick God. it himself. Like it's gonna be tremendous. Six and a half, baby, plus one fifty-eight. better the weekend. And so you better be damn sure it's in my five-pint, Brett, where I am currently waxing you after I yeah, had a great week I and you had sucked. a bad week. That was horrible. So God, It is 16.2 to 9.2 so far for April. We still got two match weeks, and I still like your odds of your high-variance style coming back to catch me. For my five this week, in order to maintain my lead, I am going Newcastle Spurs over two-and-a-half goals at minus 120. Manchester City over one-and-a-half goals in the first half at plus 130. City minus two and a half or plus one oh five. So two city bets. Uh Arsenal Southampton, first goal as after the 30th minute at plus plus one fifteen, And you know it. You know it. Brighton <laughs> over six and a half corners plus 158.
1: Let's go. All right, man. I mean, it's tough to beat. I'm and I'm actually gonna be rooting for that corner bet just because you're so excited about it. I just I need that to cash for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, my, mine are going to be, uh, mine are going to need to be some, like, if I need a five for fiver right here, I just need I need a big, I need a big week. So I didn't go super high variance. There will be no center back scoring in this five point. Uh, it's going to be ours is
0: minus. So as long as you don't
1: go with John stones, you can still get value there. Yeah, there like minus like minus one twenty anytime. He's like right behind Holland at minus minus one twenty. Um, yeah, so I'm going to take Arsenal to win in both the score in uh, the Southampton match at plus 180 for one pint. Uh, I'm taking Brighton to win plus 140. Got to do it. Uh, I'm going to take the over of three and a half goals for in Liverpool at plus 110. Uh, Liverpool again minus two and a half over forced at plus 130. And then I got we got to fade Spurs, man. I got to stay consistent. Newcastle uh, minus 119 to win on the money line against Spurs. So we'll we'll see. These are these are this is probably like the smallest amount of variance that I've played. And I guarantee you, I'm still going to go over (laughs) five. Well, I got to
0: say that this is like one of the least exciting slates that we've had this month. And it was one of the most fun shows that we've done. Yeah. Thank you. Gambling. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Michael meatballs. Thank you for all of our audience. Uh, Had a lot of fun. Look forward to this weekend, particularly that game on Sunday morning and look forward to coming back next week where we'll be here with our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. Take care, y'all. Take care, everyone.